right, welcome everybody to Esports Next Day 2. This is Mark Almanzar from the Esports Trade Association. And just a shout out to Anthros for their amazing uh, chair, Super Comfy. <laughs> Would you agree? Awesome. Yes. And joining me with today is a fellow Mark, Mark uh, Fiedler from uh, Esports Start Now. Yes, yeah, so Mark, tell us, uh, so first of all, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for the invite. Yes, um, yeah, tell us a little bit more about Jumpstart Now. So Jumpstart Now is a, a women and minority-owned marketing agency. Uh, I've known the founders for quite a while, and they do a great job on branding, media planning, and strategy. Uh, they both have a lot of experience in the games and sports world. Um, one of the founders, Veronica, and I have known each other for probably 20 years, and um, I help out with my experience from the games world and the media world. Um, I ran a large gaming website uh, back in the day, and so I'm really impressed with what they're doing and uh, helping out with some business development on their behalf. So you're like one of the original gamers. Something like that. I started, actually, I started a business uh, way back in the day called GigX, and we did large file downloads for free-to-play uh, PC games. And then um, that was a cloud service, but when we started it, to try and explain a cloud service and Web 1.0 was kind of like pulling hair. So um, I take a lesson from that that timing is everything. You can be right about something, but if you're too early and the market doesn't get it, you have to pivot. So we pivoted to what the market understood at the time, which was advertising, and uh, drove a, um, an internet advertising-based business for content about video games called Game Daily. And uh, yeah, that's what we did. That's awesome. Yeah. I, that really resonates with me because in my field of fundraising, um, when I first introduced the way to connect video games and fundraising, it just it didn't resonate for folks. They just didn't get it, you know? Um, but years down the line, now we're seeing it become more accepted. And, uh, you know, here at the Esports Trade Association, I, I can see how that starts to come together. Um, so then my follow-up question would be, um, um, with esports specifically, what brings you into that world? So, um, from Jumpstart Now's perspective, they are pulling together media, branding, and you know, general business common sense to put it all together. So, um, uh, Jumpstart Now is working with the ESTA. They're working with uh, several companies here. And um, they basically help brands, as you said, understand mm -hmm. where the inter interfaces between games and potential targeted customers. Because if you're not um, authentic in the games business and you just come in and you're like, we're going to spend a lot of money, you know, um, gamers are going to see that right away, right? You have to be able to, you know, provide understanding and content and stuff that really makes sense in meeting them where they are. And I think that's what that's what Jumpstart Now is 
doing a really good job of. So they start with strategy, yeah, figuring out what the brands are looking to do, and then they create a plan around that and uh, a go-to-market plan around that. Yeah. No, I love what you said about authenticity, meeting people where they're at. I think those are such key factors. Just, I mean, building relationships, building trust, right? And that's what business is all about, just building uh, relationships through trust. So I love that approach. Yeah. yeah. Now, you, uh, we spoke earlier off camera. You said you were a recovering game guy. Does that mean you're not playing anything right now? Or? I'm not. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I have such a long list of things I like to do. Yeah. And, you know, I just was mountain biking last week in right. Utah. And uh, I actually have to have some time available for my wife and my kids. Um, you know, that, that's a prerequisite. And uh, I'm now, uh, I made a commitment this year to not suck at golf. <laughs> okay. which is hard you know and i was talking to someone and i'm like hey you're a pretty good player and you've only been playing three years how do you do that he goes you have to take it as a job you have to go out and like play and i live two blocks away from a golf course that has a driving range i'm like i really have no excuse so i'm going to go over there every morning hit some balls get out play a little bit so um, there, there's a there are a couple of tournaments I get invited to every year that I try to avoid. I'm like, you know what? I'm, my commitment is that I can go play one of those and not embarrass myself. I mean, if so, it's a pretty low bar, but um, hoping to hoping to to do it so it actually gets to be fun. Well, I mean, if they invited you, I mean, you might as well, right? Exactly. Yeah. So my target is next July to to be respectable on the, on the golf course. Yeah. Right, so well, let's check in next year. I'll, when I'm back here, I'll, I'll let you know. It's Absolutely. Um, now I know you uh, work with Jumpstart now, but you uh, also work with another company. Yes. Yes. So my own company is called GigX, which is what it originally was called 20 some odd years ago, though it's kind of a, a new focus of the company. And what we are is a um, IT strategy consulting company. Okay. And we help a variety of mid-sized to larger companies look at how to make their business more efficient. So our premise is every company is a technology company. So if you're a retailer or if you have an oil change business or if you... Uh, have a call center and you're interacting with customers. All those businesses are pretty interchangeable except when they suck, <laughs> right? And so think about, not to pick on a, a Dallas company, but think about Southwest Airlines uh -huh. a few months ago. They had that meltdown over the holidays. Uh -huh. What happened was the weather got bad. They started changing schedules and the software couldn't handle it, and it literally collapsed, stranding hundreds of thousands of people, costing the company millions of dollars. And then guess what? Everyone picked up the phone, started calling Southwest, and their call center couldn't handle the load, number one. Number two, they didn't have smart AI deployed that could allow people to do transactions or solve issues quickly. So there was a huge backup uh, a really terrible backlash against Southwest, and it cost them hundreds of millions of dollars. 
Now, what happened? It wasn't like a plane flew into the mountain right. or there was something wrong with the pilots or something wrong. It was a technology problem that literally brought this um, great airline to its knees. Um, another example is there was a big company we're working with, a public company, and we had said to the uh, CTO, hey, you should probably have protection against ransomware mm -hmm. so you don't get attacked. We've got the smartest people. We got this. And I said, okay, I agree. You have really great people. However, your people sleep. Do they go home on the weekend? Do they take vacation? No, of course they do. And all these attacks tend to roll in at 2 a.m. on Saturday morning when no one's around. And two months later, I get a call from the CTO. Holy bleep. They took down everything in Canada. And we lost everything in Canada. I'm like, what happened? Well, we got hit with ransomware. And I'm like, oh, he said, don't tell me you told me, you told me so. And I said, well, I did tell you so. And what it would have cost you to protect your entire business, it's like a rounding error. And now you've lost hundreds of thousands of customer records. And unfortunately for this person, it became a resume generating event. Oh, so needless to say, he's no longer with the company, but it was 100% avoidable. And so that's one of the things I say to all companies like, you know what, you may not think you're that important, or you may not think that people care. But if you're a healthcare company or an e commerce company, your data is very valuable to bad actors out there. So in today's world, you don't just need security, like getting an alert. You need that. It's kind of like, you know, if you have a burglar alarm or a fire alarm at home or a fire alarm, rather, you bought it, you know, at Home Depot and you put them up. Those are great if you're home to hear the alarm. But when you're not home, if it's not connected to the fire station, you come home and you don't have a home. So. What's really important isn't the alerts, it's really the mitigation. Right. Having some, a team in place that can go in and fix uh, problems when things go sideways. So that's important. I, uh, I love that term, resume generating event. It's unfortunate to happen, of course, but um, sometimes it's just some people have to learn the hard way. But do you use that as an example when you try to um, you know, pitch to another company about why this is needed? Well, our, our business is a service business. Uh -huh. You know, myself, having been a four-time startup founder mm -hmm. and uh, the people on my team, we're all executives who've been there, done that. And we sincerely care about helping companies do the right thing and avoid avoidable mistakes. Yeah. So we come in and we say, okay, let's put on our lenses as business owner operators and help you think as, you know, from our experience and think about things you could do to make your business stronger and less vulnerable to bad things. So we start with that, understand where the business is going and then make recommendations about how they can strengthen the business with different elements of technology. And then and only then do we bring in the vendors that we think would be the best fit and match them with that company. And then 
we help them negotiate with that vendor, get the best deal possible. And then when they're up and running, the vendor pays us. So it's almost a free service for um, our clients. So it's kind of like, hey, if, if you haven't looked at your stock portfolio in five years, you should probably get a checkup. If you haven't right. been to the doctor in five years, you should probably go and make sure everything is cool. Now, same thing with technology. The world's changing very quickly. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of options out there. And um, it's hard for anyone to be an expert in everything. Yeah. I'm not an expert in everything, but I have experts on my team that's like, oh, this is an issue about security, or this is an issue about data center, or this is an issue about cloud, and I bring in the experts to help our clients. Awesome. Yeah. You've provided a ton of, I think, to me at least, really useful advice. Yes. But do you have any like last words uh, of advice for the folks at home who are looking to you know, scale either their security or their data centers? I'm sure there's tons of businesses out there who, who are tuning in and are thinking now, like how can we prepare for these kinds of things? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. I mean, the in the data center world, there are two big buckets. There's public cloud, like AWS, Google, Microsoft Azure, and there's private cloud. Most companies that start out, start out with like AWS or GCP, which are great places to start. Mm -hmm. And they get a lot of free credits, which is great. However, as they scale, um, there may be some workload should be in some places. Others may be better off in a private cloud that's more secure, lower cost. It really all depends. But, you know, we'd welcome a conversation. You can see more about us at our site, which is gigx, G-I-G-E-X.com. And, uh, or you can send me an email. My name is Mark, so M-A-R-K at gigx.com. And, uh, yeah, we can set up a consultation. Um, the other thing, too, is a lot of companies are really focused on we need to work with Vendor X, because we've always worked with Vendor X. And I just was at a very interesting cloud event last week where I met six companies I wasn't aware of, and I'm in this business. And one of them does disaster recovery. Wow, that's a huge thing. I didn't realize this, but the, the case study was a company was flooded, and they had a data center, and they thought they had a disaster recovery plan, but it didn't work. Right. So how do you manage disaster recovery? What happened, you know, how do you ensure your data is safe and can be back and brought up and running very quickly? Like that's an issue, you know. Um, another issue, how do you save money on buying laptops for everyone? Another thing is what's called desktop as a service. So instead of buying everyone laptops, they can bring their own machines and now all their applications live in the cloud. It's more secure, it's less expensive. So all these things are not necessarily new, but they're new ways for companies to think about doing things right. yeah. that could be more efficient, save them time, save them money. And unfortunately, technology departments are always asked to do more and more and more and more, and they tend to be you know, understaffed. Right. So that puts a lot of pressure on you know, technology teams. But I think the big picture is management from the CEO, CFO, CMO, COO have to really think that, hey, our differentiator in whatever our business is, is more efficient technology. And we have to make sure we're on top of that.
Heard it here, folks. Got to be on top of all of that. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. Pleasure. All right. And uh, thank you to everyone who yeah. tuned in. Uh, stay tuned for even more uh, shows today for uh, eSports Next Day 2. And uh, we'll catch you all later.